Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. The weekly wrap on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. Elliot Danka, Timothy Go, and Tuan Tian with you. It's now time for our weekly wrap segment where my Sports Minutes co-host Ziaul Raushan will be joining me. And that's because the most talked about headline this week has been all about our accomplishments at the SEA Games. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the accomplishments rather than the downsides of the SEA Games. But we're going to be focusing on the medals won rather than the medals lost. So I'm quite looking forward to it. But, you know, that brings to mind, you know, especially how we celebrated earlier this week that we crossed the 1,000 medals mark. As a country, are we as Singaporeans only the type that support or want to support winners? Like, why is it all the football fans are Menu or Liverpool fans? What about the Leeds United, the Nottingham Forest? I'll argue the case for the sports fans here, thinking that, you know, we've spoken about sports giving you an escape from reality. So perhaps you want that winning feeling because life is not giving you that? Okay, well, uh, we've got on the line a natural-born winner, former sportsman, former national athlete as well, Nicholas Fang, Managing Director, Black Dot and Director for Security and Global Affairs, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Good afternoon, Nicholas. How are you? Good afternoon, guys. Uh, natural born winner is a very kind way of putting it. It's also not true at all because, you know, as you guys were saying, I think winning and losing is both part of sports and uh, losing definitely more so. If you look at guys like Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, you know, it's quite famous that they are known for their huge win sort of uh, records, but you got to look at the stuff at the times that they lost and yeah. all of them will admit losing much more than winning is really part of especially high level sports. Yeah, you're going to know how to lose, and that's something that you and I had a long conversation about. But I suppose, Nicholas, let's uh, start off with supporting Singapore athletes. What's your perspective on this? I mean, Singaporeans, uh, do, do we support our local athletes enough, the local sports scene enough? Mm, yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. It's a perennial question. It's something that I've been thinking about for many years as a sports fan and a, a former athlete and sports administrator myself. And I think, you know, first and foremost, I don't think many people would disagree, but we have made certain strides in becoming a true sporting nation. But if you were to ask whether there's a deep, deep sports culture in Singapore, I, I can't think of many people who would say that that's the case uh, right now. It's definitely still a work in progress. I think people's appreciation of sports, for sports, and participation in sports, usually secondary when compared to other, you know, more in our eyes, pressing issues like education, you know, financial stability, having a good job and making progress and things like that. So, you know, I think definitely better than where we were a few years ago when I was trying to make it as an athlete. But it's still, you know, we've still got some way to go. So do people tend to just gravitate towards winners? For sure, you know. As Sean was saying, it's more fun, right, to sport winners rather than always being down in the dumps. So I think that's just natural. Another point is I think we are also victims of our own recent success on the sporting stage globally. Mm. When you have guys like Joseph Schooling doing well at the Olympics, at the World Championships, and in other sports, we had guys who really excel at the global stage. To a certain extent, their expectations may have been raised such that when you look at the SEA Games, which of course is, uh, is an important competition for many countries in this region, uh, I remember reading some commentaries in international media that say, not sure about SEA Games as a true benchmark of global sport, especially when you think about the fact that, you know, the host country can always introduce local, traditional sports mm. and things like that, that kind of devalue the event as a whole. So mm. for all this kind of reasons, 
potentially the backing of the entire Singapore, the entire country, uh, won't be the same as if Lo Kian Yu was playing in the World Championship mm. final, you know, yeah. or, or Joseph or, or now Jonathan Tan was qualified for Paris, is swimming in the finals, for example. You know, the, you obviously would have a bit more of an adrenaline rush from that. Yeah, now, Nicholas, you speak about this supporting the winners rather than the losers. In my mind, it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation, right? Like, they count on the athletes to give them success, therefore the support. But I want to speak to Nicholas, the former athlete. Do you think sports stars need a bit more support, especially when it's losing? Because that's when they're down in the dumps almost. Yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, having the support from the crowd, from spectators, always provides a bit of a lift. But when we are competing outside of Singapore, as Team Singapore is in Cambodia right now, you know, when I was, I have done, I did four C games myself, and I remember every time we were abroad, well, the crowd is definitely not on your side. It's there for the home crowd. There is a traveling contingent of Singaporeans. It's usually nowhere able to match the home crowd. They'll pack the arena and stadiums because they know that this gives a boost to the to the local home team. So, you know, if you say we need support, yes, of course, having guys on, on scene and cheering just gives us a little bit of a boost. But nowadays, I think when we talk about support, is of course a lot of what we hear online, on social media. And, you know, I, I would not, I'll be lying if I said that athletes didn't care about <laughs> these things. Uh, I do think that they should try to block it out as much as possible because it doesn't actually help at all. Whether, you know, people, whatever people say online, especially if they're keyboard warriors. <sighs> so, you know, should we support? Yes. And I think support should, can come in, in far more tangible ways uh, through sponsorship, through, you know, being more understanding when our friends, our colleagues, our family members are trying to excel at sport. Can we give them that kind of support, understanding, you know, whether it's financial, whether it's helping to cover people at work? Uh, these are all things that could really, really make a difference to a sportsman's career. So, yeah, I, you know, sorry, that's a very long answer to a short question, but I think athletes will always appreciate more support. It's just what form that support comes in. It could be cheering in the stadium. It could be support day-to-day when people are training. And yeah, you know, if you could all be a little bit more understanding yeah. online yeah. and not, you know, sharpening the knives every time a yep. team does badly, that, that, that would encourage maybe more people to come into sport as well. I totally agree. It's like uh, being a good husband, right? There's more than one way. You don't need to just earn money, make a white breakfast, do the dishes, that type of thing. It's like you took a walk in my daily life. And yet, uh, Nicholas, a bit of this or that type of question. Uh, which you think was better? If no Joseph schooling at this year's games, did it perhaps lower the awareness of teams Singapore because we don't have a golden boy or did it work in a favour because we have a golden girl in Shanti Pereira what are your thoughts here? Well, that's, that's actually a really good question. I think uh, obviously when uh, I, I, mean, I I follow local sports quite a lot, but to the average man in the street who might not know, you know, some of these rising in the swimming pool, for example, you know, on the fencing strip. Again, you know, I have a lot of vested interest in that as an ex-athlete <laughs> myself. So, so yeah, you don't necessarily say, oh, you know, there's somebody I know I can follow. I know uh, Ken Yu is competing and stuff, but like our table tennis team, for example, we the men's team won the gold medal the first time since 2015 and it's an all local team mm. have they gotten the kind of profile that maybe some of the, the the former women's team you know the Olympic medal winners 
got in the past? Probably not. So it would make a difference as to who people could look out for. But I think it definitely highlights the fact that if we really want to build a nation of sports fans, if we want to be a deep, build a deep sporting culture, there has to be an appreciation for sport for sport's sake. Not just big names, not just you know massive blowout wins. I know everybody's talking about Solri Young's 10,000 meter silver medal, but not so much for the silver medal, which was great, and he had a, a personal best as well, which is awesome, but also for the sportsmanship that he demonstrated during the race when he you know, took some water and actually passed it to a competitor who missed the water stop. Yeah, and the guy went on to beat him by a very narrow margin, but it was wonderful to see this kind of, of sporting behavior. So if we want to appreciate sports, yes, get behind uh, your favorites. You know, I'm a Tiger Woods fan, I was a Michael Phelps fan, and you know, I, I'm a LeBron James fan. But at the same time, we can appreciate sport for all the wonderful stories that, that come with it. You know, winning, losing, sportsmanship, overcoming challenges. There's so much that we can all appreciate about sport that uh, it should transcend just looking out for one guy, you know, Joseph or whoever it might be. Now, Nick, you laid out well, I'm convinced, but not that I needed much convincing to start with. But where do we start then? Where does this cultural reset need to begin? Is it schools? Is it at home? Where? Well, I think it's easy to point the finger and say, okay, it should, you know, it should be the education system, our social values, where do we, who sets the tone for our social values. But, you know, in all honesty, I do think it starts with the individual. I think if all of us, whoever's listening in today, right, if you're following the sea games, if you're hearing some of these stories, you know, follow some of these athletes online, right? That's the easiest way. Follow the, the teams, the federations, hear the stories. Mm. Uh, a lot of these individuals and organizations are getting much better at telling their stories as well. Of course, there's still a lot of work to be done. But we really need to build this sports culture and it has to be a whole-of-nation approach, right? So, you know, the government, MCCY, Sports Singapore, the different sports federations, the Sports Hub, you know, as, a, as an organization, uh, can do a lot to create the infrastructure and different types of pathways to sporting success. And like I said, the start, things are getting better. We're, we're not there yet, but you know, compared to when I was an athlete, there's a huge amount of support now that's going out there. But then all of us, right? You, me, whether we are, you know, the family members of an athlete, parents of athletes, friends of athletes, we should all try to see what we can do to, to help and support, whether on an individual basis or, you know, if we are in a position to extend sponsorship and support, we should do that and create really this holistic throughout society support for sports. And if I truly believe that it all starts if we can all become individual sports fans ourselves, if we can, you know, follow the different events, enjoy the stories, the highs, the lows, we live vicariously through our teams and the athletes that we support, then, you know, potentially we, we will start to see something that, that builds from the ground up as also from the top down in terms of the support. And then we can we can get to being a real sporting nation. I, I, I certainly hope that we see it in my lifetime and hopefully all, all of our lifetimes where we can really, really have a nation of sports fans that will be great. Although, Nicholas, we do have a little problem in in that the Singapore football team having a horrible showing at the SEA Games. We've been talking about what can we do to support these athletes in whatever way that we can find. But the question is, is Singapore football in danger of being left behind? Or has it already been left behind after last night's 7-0 defeat? What part do us fans have to play in Singapore football being left behind? Before you answer, Nicholas, we've uh, got a soundbite from uh, Street Science Sports reporter Deepan Raj Ghanasan. It's a bit of a long one, so just bear with us. Here we go. Hi, Elliot. Hi, Raushan. Uh, you know, we have been talking about Singapore football for a few months now. 
Uh, and never would I have imagined that one day I'll be sitting here in a hotel in Phnom Penh having to reflect back on a on a seven nil defeat at the Sea Games. And, and this wasn't a loss to to Thailand or Vietnam, who are your top dogs in the region, right? This is a seven nil loss to our Causeway rivals. And it's a it's the kind of scoreline you would expect ten or so years ago when Singapore faced a, a Lao or a Brunei. But you know what? Newsflash, everybody, this is where we are now and this is who we are, the regional minnows. You know, and how have we got here now? That's the conversation we should be having going forward. And and the silver lining is that, you know, with how badly this team has done, that that conversation has moved up in the priority order and now it should involve way more than just FAS. You know, this is a national problem. You know, this is not a football problem. It, it should be a national conversation. And, you know, I, I was looking at Facebook a, a few minutes ago and I saw that PM Lee Sen Long's wife, Ho Ching, was sharing the, the result and reflecting back. Uh, I mean, Mr. Makan Sutra himself, KF Sito, has also chimed in, you know, in the last few days about Singapore football. And clearly, this is one dish that, you know, he's not giving any thumbs up for. Before I answer your question, actually, I, I know we are bad, of course, but, you know, some of the body language from the players, you know, left me sick. And these boys have to reflect on that as well. It's not always about the processes, the ecosystem, the coaching. You know, you got to have the hunger in you, right? And and clearly, you know, there was no hunger and, and Malaysia really took advantage of that. And, and now, you know, to, to answer your question about getting left behind. Look, I completely disagree about, about this whole conversation about getting left behind. And I don't think we can think of it like that. You know, it's a bit similar to some of the reaction I've seen on, on social media where some have said like, you know, close down Singapore football or disband the team or, or stop sending them to competitions and those sort of comments. And, and the question I have to ask these people is, if your child is failing in school, would you pull them out of school and, and tell them to stop studying? I, I don't think so, right? So why should this be the approach with football in our country? You know, competitions-wise, our youth footballers are, are not playing enough games. That's a fact. You know, we need to change that. And pulling them out of tournaments helps no one. You know, we will have the Asian Games coming up soon. And, you know, that's going to also be a bit ugly if we face some of the top teams. But I appeal to the administrators, to the people of, of FAS, to the decision makers, to MCCY, the Ministry in Charge of Sports, get cracking because time is running out. With the UTR project, of course, we know that the pipeline is being fixed. You no, know, but that does not mean that we shouldn't have any water to drink now, you know. That's uh, Straits Times Sports reporter Dipin Rajganesan, Nicholas Fang. How to be a Singapore football fan? Teach me, please. Wow, this is a hard question. I don't think we have enough time now to get too deep into this. But I would say first and foremost, I think people should appreciate beyond just being, you know, um, football fans or fans of the action on the sporting pitch. Uh, there should. And I hope all of us develop deeper appreciation for different sports. An understanding of how difficult it is to build a development system around this sport. You know, you, you mentioned at the start, you know, Man United and Liverpool fans, uh, among all of us, Chelsea, of course, can't forget Arsenal and things like that. But on the 5th of March this year, you know, I had a lot of my Liverpool fans, uh, I'm a Man U fan, you know, full declaration, rubbing in this uh, uh, seven kosong prata kind of beams in my face because of the, the drubbing that they got, you know, the Man United guys got uh, at Anfield. So it's tough. The, the top guys in the world with multi-million dollar budgets struggle to figure out how to get things going. Even if you have really, really good managers, it, it's patchy, right? It's up and down. And again, when you look at the, the kind of infrastructure that we have in Singapore, yes, I think football is largely recognized as a national sport. Not necessarily sure why, but it's probably due to the fact that it's the most popular 
sport around. But then the question is, what, which part of the sport is popular? Is it Singapore football or is it mm. English football or, or Bundesliga or, or whatever? You know, so um, it's a bit of, I think we need a bit of soul searching there. And, and the expectations are always very high around football because we have all become used to high level football, yeah. right? Whether it's, it's, it's on TV in Europe or, or wherever. So uh, I think that that's definitely one thing that we need to, as fans, develop a better appreciation for how just how difficult it is to, to put together really strong dominating winning team. I mean, qualifying for the World Cup is easy to say. It's really, really hard to do. So I agree with, uh, with uh, Dipan when he's talking about all the things, all the different stakeholders that need to, to come into play. But, you know, it, it's one of those things and... Um, uh, as a sportsman, you know, when you go through difficult times, the, the last thing you want to hear is people say, ah, give up, lah, bro, mm-hmm. come on, I'll cut off the support, it's time for you to drop out. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure our players try their best, they try their hardest, you know, uh, I think about the body language that Dipan was talking about. I think, you know, we, we have to improve holistically as a team. And uh, as sports fans, I'm not saying we should give a blank check and just say that, no, no problem, you know, win, lose, uh, you still get whatever you want and stuff like that. There should be hard questions asked. But if you've seen, uh, you know, as a menu fan, the past few years have been pretty lean years for yeah. us. Liverpool fans know exactly what I'm talking about as well. Uh, but we don't give up, right? We don't give up supporting our teams because we know one day we'll turn it around. So we've got to keep the faith, I think. Well, jokes on Raushan today. He wore his Singapore jersey, didn't get his free prata. So too bad for him. <laughs> Hey, the night's still young. The night's still young. Keep wearing wear and support, right? Don't only wear it with wind, wear it all the time because that is a true bull fan. Nicholas Fang, Managing Director, Black Dot and Director for Security and Global Affairs, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. As always, appreciate your time, Nick. Take care and have a great weekend ahead. Thank you, guys. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.